This is Snowman in the Morning, where true sports talk lives. Thanks a lot, Doc. Next! Radio, man. Radio. Okay, I'm not saying it right. Radio! (laughs) I'll explain that. I'll explain that one later. Second half of Snowman in the Morning on this Manic Manic Monday. Still got a snowman's take for you. That'll come during uh, this hour. But there is someone special who reached out to me via Facebook yesterday. He and I had a conversation, and I said, you know what? I'm going to bring this fellow on. I have to. I absolutely have to. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to help me welcome the singer's producer. This gentleman is Charles Waller. He's on the hotline right now. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, Brian, and to all the fans out there of Snowman in the Morning. It is my pleasure to be on with you and to say hi to everybody. I can hear that New York accent just bursting out of you, and I love it. I love it. Well, uh, my mother made it very conscious that we didn't have a Brooklyn accent, but you can't (laughs) escape all of it. So I always tell people I was born in the South. (laughs) South Brooklyn. (laughs) I was going to ask if you get away with if you get away with that description sometimes. No, I I get a lot. If I do it in person, a lot of strange looks come back at me, right? And then I explain. (laughs) But hey, you know, (laughs) it's all good. It is. It is okay. I must ask: You're a sports aficionado like I. Be you Giants or be you Jets? Well, let me explain my background. When I was uh, very young, early teens, uh, I worked for the Giants. And uh, Y.A. Tittle was my mentor. I played ball. And so they were the only team in town. Mm-hmm. And I root for New York, period. You know, and then uh, I root for other teams, too. I have especially favorite quarterbacks and things. Well, then I became very good friends with Joe Namath and uh, the affiliation with the Jets and all that. So I root for both. And matter of fact, we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of the first giant jet game. It's a regular season game yeah. Sunday. But the first game was an exhibition game. But, Brian, I can tell you it was not treated like an exhibition game. It was uh, really, you know, these guys, it was it was a lot going on beyond the field. So I have allegiance to both. I was very fortunate to be up close and personal with, with all a lot of great players. I mean, when I was a kid working with the Giants, I was on the sidelines with Lombardi and Hallis. I was at Super Bowl three with Joe. So uh, I love football, and I'm, uh, you know, I enjoyed playing, but I'm glad I can still enjoy the game today without having taken a hit. <laughs> totally understand that. When you were on the side, working on the sidelines with Hall of Famers like uh, Lombardi and Hallis and Broadway Joe, what was that feeling like then? And do you still get those feelings now when you think about those times? You get them more now. As it's happening, especially when you're young, you know, you're just living your life. Um, But then you look back at it and you remember them fondly. And when people talk about them, you're a part of history. And it was a great experience to be a part of that. Uh, I mean, even working with the Giants, they played at Yankee Stadium in those Mm -hmm. days. And uh, 
Pete Sheehy, who the clubhouse is named after, he was there when the stadium was built, like in 27. So he would tell us kids stories about Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, you know, anybody that was at Yankee Stadium. And I'll never forget one time for the Giants game, I walked in that morning and on the training table was a note from Pope Paul VI because he had just celebrated Mass there. And I think that was the first time in history a Pope came to the United States. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, you look back at all those things and happy to be a part of it and just uh, I'm grateful, very grateful. How'd you get into um, producing music? What led what led you down that road? Well, I could read music before I could read English. And I played guitar at five. Uh, my first job was at seven. I got 20 bucks performing. And I had a band in high school, and mm-hmm. we did really well, you know. And then I football was calling, and I, I played at the college level. And I always loved music, so I, I never thought of it as a career beyond what I had done early on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the singer that I was working in the band with, Ronnie Lamar, he came into Bachelors 3. Bachelors 3 was made famous by Joe Namath, and then they had the conflict with Roselle. Well, I became a partner in that. And he asked me to manage him, and I, I said, well, you know, it kind of piqued my interest a little bit. But we were out in Los Angeles, Joe Namath, Jimmy Walsh, and myself, and Joe was doing the Flip Wilson show. And uh, you would rehearse every night. Mm-hmm. And Monday and then Friday they tape. Well, I was a big Elvis Presley fan, and I had seen him before, and he happened to be in Vegas at that time. So I said to Joe, I'm going to, you know, just go over for the night and see Elvis. He said, I'll take care of it. I said, oh, that's nice. I didn't know what he did. So I get to the show. I get to the hotel. They take me over to the show. I'm sitting in the front. At the end of the show, Elvis comes over, handed a lady next to me a scarf, comes over, shakes my hand, and says, George Pazito going to come back, take you backstage. I said, I was was stunned. So I got a chance to talk to Elvis. When we came back, I met Joe at this restaurant in Los Angeles called La Taverna, and it was Joe, Jimmy Walsh, his attorney and friend, and my friend, and this little guy in a, dressed all in black and a black hat. He's at the table with a phone, you know, and he's talking. He's imitating Johnny Cash. So I walk in. I said, Joe, that was the greatest surprise ever. That was wonderful, man. I said, thank you so much. Elvis sends his best. So the guy said, Elvis, you saw the show? I said, yeah. And we start talking music. And he said, what record company are you with? I said, well, I'm not. I own a restaurant. And Jimmy Walsh looked at the guy and said, no, he's not kidding, because obviously he must have looked at me some kind of sinister way, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, thinking I was playing with him. And it went, and so uh, he said to me, young man, I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but you, you should be a record producer. And that gentleman was named Phil Spector, who at that time was probably, probably this day, forget about his personal trials and tribulations, maybe one of the greatest record producers ever. So I kind of took that seriously. And uh, I developed and uh, getting into the studios, finding things I like, where I wanted to go with it. And just, uh, you know, I always had a knack for songs. I happened to be fortunate to grow up in an era where music was very eclectic. Yes. And uh, produced Ronnie, who came to see me, my, my buddy from the band, produced and wrote his first recording, did very well. And then it went on from there. Uh, RSO Records. O.C. Smith, Dionne Warwick, George Benson, The Main Ingredient, Cuba Gooding, and to my very recording today of uh, Benny Marcella with the special kind of love. I had a chance to take a little listen to that song you just mentioned. 
absolutely phenomenal. You do phenomenal work, my man. And then well, thank you, you. You, you said you're best friends. And this is how these are the personalities I love having on the show, folks. This man told me he was best friends with George Benson and Joe Namath. You can't get well, any better friends. than very, that. Very, yeah, close friends. And I'll tell you a story about that, Brian. They're exactly the same age. Wow. They grew up 18 miles apart. Now, I know Joe a lot longer than I know George. Right. Uh, but I, and I know them George a long time. Joe, before I met George and worked with George, Joe was a big George Benson fan, one of his favorite artists. And he, he loved George Benson. Well, when I got with George Benson, George Benson was a Joe Namath fan. They never <laughs> met. They never met until last year, that photo I sent you. Yes. In Florida. And I introduced them. And it was like old home week. And Joe enjoyed the show tremendously. And it was it was so great. These two icon superstars, like little kids, happy to meet each other. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. I love it. And that was a great picture that you sent me. In 2006, you were elected uh, president of the Society of Singers. Tell me about that organization. Tell me about that. Well, that was an organization that um, did work, a charity organization that did work to help singers out because musicians had unions mm -hmm. uh, and singers did not. So we would give aid to singers that were down and out on their luck, medical attention and things like that. Right. And I was president of Chapter East, and we had some wonderful events and, and did some wonderful work in, in bringing help to people that really needed it. Because you know, a lot of singers had hit records that were household names that really were on a lot of hard times. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and the old contracts, the recording contracts didn't pay so much. Basically, the way the business broke down is the writers uh, would make money from the performances through radio. The record companies would make the money from the records. And the singers would and performers would make money from the live performances. Well, you could imagine how that breaks down over the years. Right. And uh, a lot of them fell on hard times. So we try to help as many as we can. And we did some wonderful work and had some wonderful dinners. Honored some great people. That is wonderful. And now this latest production with, with Benny Marcella, what, what inspired that? What Did he come to you? Did you well, go to him? How, how, did that get, how did that come to be? Well, what happened was I was in the South Jersey, Atlantic City, Philly area, and uh, – some friends of mine told me about this guy that was singing in Johnny's Cafe, and he was like a local legend. Mm -hmm. The way you can describe Benny's story and looking back, and he's from South Philly, is a musical Rocky. Okay, that's that's exactly the way to describe it. So I heard this guy, and I said, wow, he is really, really good. Um, and he's, he's versatile. You know, mm -hmm. he'd sing from Sinatra to Lou Rawls to Barry White to Ingelbert Humperdinck. It, it didn't matter. And he, I found out his background later on. He was a drummer. Mm -hmm. His father had a restaurant across from Palumbo's nightclub in Philadelphia, which was like the Copacabana where all the great singers went, nice. Billy Eckstein, Jimmy yeah. Roselli. So he, as a kid, he absorbed all that. So anyway, my I wrote a song for my daughter, Lara, my oldest daughter, for her wedding, that was our first dance. So my youngest daughter, Christy, was getting married, and I had to write a song for her. Mm -hmm. So I did. 
And when I finished the song, I said, gee, you know, Benny could sing this song. And that's how it, it came about. And a wonderful gentleman, Bruce Zally, who was a big fan of Benny's, wanted executive produce the project. So we did three songs. And Benny, as he's performing the songs live, got requests for weddings, father, daughter. Oh, would you do this, do that? Next thing you know, in a heartbeat, it was like 48 weddings that they requested the song. <laughs> so we, we figured we figured that should be the single. And we released it just a few weeks ago. It's number 20 right now on the adult contemporary charts. It hit the mainstream charts in one week and jumped up 17 points right now. That's of all genres of music. So we're happy about that. And it's not just about success. It's the fact that I can feel that love for my daughter, share it with people, mm -hmm. and they could think of love. And we're getting comments from all over the world about fathers and daughters. And I think that's a very special relationship. Well, as a father of a daughter myself, and I said, like I told you, I took a, a, a brief listen to that. As a father of a daughter, I can absolutely feel the love for your daughters within that song. It is beautiful. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you so much for that. Charles Waller, producer extraordinaire and sports aficionado, joining me to kick off hour two of Snowman in the Morning. Man, thank you, A, for reaching out to me, and B, for coming on the show this morning. Listen, anytime. Uh, it was my pleasure, and to all your fans out there, it's so nice to uh, talk about my two passions, music and sports, especially football. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad I can still continue doing that. Brian, anything you need us to reach out for, I uh, want to ask you a question, because I know you're a Colts fan. Yeah. And uh, Jacoby got hurt yesterday, but prior to that, I was thinking, there's a great group of college quarterbacks going to be coming out next year. Do you think the Colts are going to go after a quarterback? I don't know. At this point, I don't know because you have to think they're all in on Brissett. He still has some great years ahead of him. You got Brian Hoyer backing him up, but if they go after a quarterback, it'll be to back up Brissett. They have to stay all in on Brissett even with his, even with his injury. So if they pick one, it'll be the backup Brissett right now. Well, I think then they probably might not pick one down the line because they got some guys that are coming out of there that can that can start like Tua and Jake Fromm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean these guys these guys <laughs> are some of the best I've, I've ever seen. I've been around the game a little bit. Yeah, my humble opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, thank you so much, and please reach out for me anytime. And to all the fans out there, you got a really great host out there. He's he's wonderful, and I hope you're enjoying the show, and I'm sure you are. And please check out Benny Marsala, A Special Kind of Love on CD Baby. You can get it there. And YouTube, you can check out the video. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, my friend. I really appreciate you, you coming Brian. on this morning. Thank you. My pleasure. God bless. Bye-bye. That song that I had a chance to listen to a part of, he said it best. It's a father singing to his daughter and being the parent of a daughter, even though she is dearly departed, you can feel that love within that song. And I may have to play a little bit of it for you. In fact, I'll do so uh, later this week to close out one of the shows. And, that's, and this is gonna go out to all the fathers of daughters that it, it uh, you'll just have to hear it. You will just have to. 
tweet your thoughts to SIT Morning. And if you get a chance, you can ring the show, 773-672-3208. That is the call-in number. Coming up next, we're going to talk some fantasy football. Nick Thorson will join me with his thoughts on studs and duds and who did what. He's the fantasy guru for the show. He's going to sort it all out because I sure as hell can. So, man, 